0: Yesterday we commemorated St Francis with a pet blessing. This custom remembers St Francis of Assisi's love for all creatures from larks to donkeys. We had lots of dogs yesterday from lap dogs to a great dane. No cats though. We'll see about that for next year. In addition to a way Uh, that we love our animals. Pet blessings can be a reminder of something very deep within us. And we see this in our reading from Genesis today. We hear of that deep need, the need to be in relationship. It is not good that man should be alone. Loneliness is a very real part of all of our lives. Relationship is the cure. And so we find special bonds with the people around us, and of course, bonds with our animals as well. Certainly, the dogs in my life, from my childhood dog T Bear, the poodle, to Bo, Penny, the first dog I had all on my own and brought into my marriage, to Missy, the dog who now hops around in our house. God did not stop with animals. Our reading continues with the creation of woman and the words of relief and fulfillment from Adam, this at last, bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, a deep yearning filled, loneliness transformed into relationship. Our gospel reading continues with the theme of man and wife, now it is tempting Tempting to preach on the last little part of our gospel reading. A picture of Jesus angry with his disciples, indignant about the way they were treating children. A picture of Jesus taking children up into his arms and blessing them. And that will make an appearance. But let's tackle that first part of our gospel reading. And marriage. Jesus' argument with the Pharisees about divorce his teaching on the bond of marriage and becoming one flesh. This reading is bound to hit us all in a different place. We have stepped outside of vague theological theories and into Jesus telling us how to live our lives, Jesus telling us how to be in relationship. We are all human, we use our bodies, We are in relationships. We speak to people and love them. We love God, pray. We have our emotions. Do we really appreciate it when anyone, even if it is Jesus, tells us how to live our lives? Especially how we should live our most intimate relationship of marriage. Now preaching on this topic is thorny thorny because I'm a preacher in a pulpit with this text on which to preach but I am also Edward your priest with a care about each of your lives and your own unique experiences experiences and hopes and dreams of marriage and experiences of divorce and remarriage experiences of broken relationships broken promises, we each bring all of these experiences into these words from Jesus telling us to live up to them, how to live in marriage. We bring our failures, and hopefully we bring our triumphs, too. And we wonder whether our God is one of judgment or love whether God has the whole pictures of our lives and really understands us and where we were and are. How we experience these words from Jesus today depends on how we see God in this moment. If we have in our mind a God of fire and brimstone, these words about marriage and divorce, they boom with the thunder of judgment and of a Christianity that condemns. And we don't find that very helpful, but if we have in our mind a God who sent his cherished son to experience our humanity, to experience our doubts and betrayals, a son who experienced real relationship and temptations, who experienced people lying to him and the pain of broken relationships. If we have in our mind's eye the vision of Jesus taking children up into his arms and blessing them, I think these words from Jesus today change. They change into words of hope. Jesus, God, has hopes for each one of us. We are all created to experience the gentle breeze and walk with God, to experience full and whole and vibrant relationship, all while being completely vulnerable. We are created to be stripped from our hardness of heart, stripped of anger, of fear, of inordinate desires, stripped of secrets. And so then God clothes us with words like, go and be reconciled. Love your spouse with your whole heart body and mind, be constant and steadfast in love, ever working on relationships, love, honesty. Those are words to inspire us into greater spiritual maturity, words that inspire us to be completely vulnerable in our failures before our Creator. They're words not meant to belittle or weaken us, but to strengthen us in Him. Words to remind us that on our own, we do often fail. Words to remind us to seek God's strength. Words to remind us that we are his children and so in need of his embrace and blessing. We, of course, all have our own, our own cherished ideas about how our lives should be lived, what we can do and what we cannot do. We have our own ideas about how we are entitled to treat people, but we can say to them regardless of their feelings. God has some ideas too. The Christian life is one that tries as hard as possible and in the face of great difficulty and doubt to turn to God and away from pride of self. And that's a lifelong process to seek peace in this world, peace in our relationships. That's what God wants. Trouble of course, is that it does take two to be in relationship, takes two to tango and we're just not all perfect, but we certainly can strive. Many of you will know the prayer attributed to St. Francis, they are usually in gift shops framed but they are wonderful words as we all strive for peace in our relationship so let's break out the Book of Common Prayer it's the red one page 833 page 833 those of you streaming quickly Google prayer of st. Francis let us pray lord make us instruments of your peace where there is hatred let us sow love where there is injury pardon where there is discord union where there is doubt faith where there is despair hope where there is darkness light where there is sadness joy